Welcome to the Live for Eternity podcast. With the right attitude, you can. You can reach greatness. And if you keep going, you could even be the greatest of all time in whatever it is that you're pursuing. Hey, thank you so much for joining me today. I am the host of this podcast, BJ Herndon. Uh, it means a lot that you would take the time to listen in this week and uh, every week if you do. I appreciate that. Uh, first of all, to start off, got to give a shout out to the Kansas City Chiefs. That was uh, a hard-fought Super Bowl win last night. I admit I had my doubts. Um, I was kind of pulling for the 49ers because felt like they were a little bit more of the underdogs um, in the Super Bowl just because the Chiefs had been so dominant recently. Um, but also, I was uh, happy to see that they, the Chiefs ended up getting the win. You know, the 49ers played hard, but they got the win. I was also happy to learn that uh, apparently the NFL is not rigged uh, because, you know, if you, if you follow along on social media, you saw the leaked content supposedly that it was supposed to go into two overtimes for the first time ever, but the Super Bowl only went into one overtime. So I'm glad to hear that that uh, professional football is real and alive and well. <laughs> uh, no, we're, we're entitled to our own opinions if you disagree with me. Um, I'm not going to say you're wrong either because there's no telling uh, what kind of conspiracy theories are actually true out there. But, you know, uh, whenever I, I prepare these uh, episodes each week, there's times where uh, some content that I feel led to share is, you know, I know it's not going to apply to everybody, but uh, it's something that I feel like is good information that's worth sharing that hopefully you can file away somewhere, somewhere in your mind and use it at a later date and time whenever um, that scenario applies a little bit better. But uh, for what I have to share today, it's just weird since I've, I've written this out and prepared for this. There have been so many different things that um, just really hit close to home and make it where it's applicable right here, right now. And uh, so I'm just going to just warn you in advance. Um, there's some things I'm going to share today that probably hit pretty close to home. Um, but it's to me, I, I feel like it was kind of the, the Lord confirming that this was the right thing to share at the right time, and so I didn't change anything, um, even though if some things may make you a little bit uncomfortable in light of recent circumstances, and I'm not talking about the Super Bowl and football, but other things. You know, if, if you've been watching along um, in the sports world recently, of course there's been football and basketball seasons here, baseball seasons right around the corner, but um, in a bigger stage, if you're like me, I've been following along with the Olympic trials lately to see, uh, first of all, who's going to be representing the United States, but also just to see what modern legends uh, will be competing in these next Olympics. And so, uh, first of all, I just want to say, um, later on, I'm probably going to talk about him, but um, it, was, it was crazy that I had that part written out, and then um, right before the Super Bowl started last night, I got the news that the new official world record holder in the marathon distance um, was tragically killed. Him and his coach in a car accident um, just yesterday, just hours ago. And so uh, that was one of those things. You know, he was a young guy, Kelvin Kiptum, 24 years old recently. Just, I mean, when you're talking about races like that, that, 
you know, it comes down to a matter of seconds. And he beat the world record by, what, like 35 seconds um, in like his third official marathon race ever. It's just crazy the potential that young man had, 24 years old. And uh, he was going to be going to the, the Olympics to represent uh, Kenya along with Iliad Kipchoge. And it's just one of those, it's like, wow, like <laughs> he had so much potential. Like he was, but he was on track to be the first one to officially break uh to go sub two hours in the marathon in an actual uh, marathon race and to make it official and uh just so tragic so um prayers for his family um it's just uh the potential that he had it's just so sad to see that he's gone so soon um, i mean he holds the world record and that could stand for a while but um, if anybody was set to break it it looked like it was going to be him later on down the road so um I hate that that happened, but I mean, I know that's part of life, but it still stings whenever um, someone like that, I mean, who is so quickly become a modern day legend. Um, so one of the things I was looking forward to watching in the Olympics, um, just to see the great superstars of the world compete at a stage and a, a level that's high. Um, but also, you know, I get into the Olympics um, and my family gets into watching the Olympics um, anytime they're happening. You know, we watch sports during the Olympics that normally they don't seem that appealing to us. They don't have us locked onto the screen cheering for who we want to win. Um, but there's just something about seeing the best athletes in the world battle it out for the very top spot. And it also makes me feel a little bit more patriotic seeing Americans represent us so highly. And I always feel blessed to live in America. But those feelings are even stronger when I see fellow Americans holding a gold medal at the biggest world stage. You know, those athletes show us what's possible. They continue to push the boundaries of human limits. And as we learn more about the proper way to train and to fuel our bodies and about technology and how it improves and, and the gear to improve results, we keep seeing records being broken and people are getting stronger and faster than ever. There have been a lot of arguments about who is the greatest of all time in different sports or different categories. Um, there's some people out there that still don't understand that Michael Jordan is the best basketball player to have ever played the game. There have been several other players that have played and are playing the game at a high level for sure, but I've never seen someone play basketball with as much dominance as Michael Jordan. In other sports, there are some athletes that have made it their goal to be the greatest of all time in their particular endeavor, and it'll be hard for anyone to ever take their spots. Um, in swimming, the undeniable goats, the greatest of all times, are Michael Phelps and Katie Ledecky. Um, in ultra running, it's hard to find more dominant careers and performances than uh, what Courtney DeWalter did last year. And then ultra running modern legend Killian Jornet, or Jornet, or however you say it. I'm from Arkansas. We can't get that right. Uh, but if you know ultra running, you know who he is. In football, no one has greater achievements over the course of their career than Tom Brady. Although, um, if you watch Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs play football, he could catch up if he stays healthy and stays in the game long enough. Um, in golf, no matter what your opinion is of him, it's Tiger Woods. He, he was so dominant when he was at the peak of his career. In the incredibly competitive sport of professional bass fishing, it's Kevin Van Dam. Whenever he was fishing at the peak of his career, nobody could beat him hardly anywhere under almost any conditions. He was so dominant. 
And each of these are people that excelled at the highest level in their area of expertise. Someone may rise up to break their records and claim the title of the greatest, but that's a tough feat for anyone to accomplish. So I always get so inspired watching these competitions at the highest level. And it makes me wonder what I'm capable of if I trained harder and smarter. I mean, if you're like me, I start to watch them and think, what could I accomplish if I devoted more time to a specific sport or to some sort of a physical endeavor? Undoubtedly, I'm sure I could achieve more than I currently am. I always have room to improve. But then I wonder, could I ever get to an elite level? Could I achieve greatness? Could I ever be the greatest of all time at something? Have you ever thought about that for yourself? You know, that's something that it's pretty cool to dream about. But if you're like me, it doesn't take too long for reality to start to sink in. I realize that most of these athletes that we watch have genetic advantages that help them to naturally perform at a higher level. They're also mostly younger than I am, and their bodies are able to adapt to higher levels of training without getting injured. And in almost every case, their Olympic performance is the pinnacle of their life's work of training relentlessly to reach this one single goal. This was their life and their highest priority for years and years. And as I look at my life and my own body, that optimism starts to fade away. And maybe that's where you are today. Maybe you're discouraged because of some recent setbacks or closed doors recently. Maybe you've had some dreams shattered because your body didn't hold up to what you were preparing for. And maybe you've just accepted that right now you're too old or too damaged to do something great with the rest of your life. Or maybe you're just a realist and you realize There will always be obstacles keeping you from reaching greatness in a specific area. Well, today, I want to pump you up. And I admit that last week was kind of a downer talking about things we need to cut out of our lives and get rid of. But today, I want to inspire you to pursue greatness. I want you to think big. I mean, starting now, think big. And whatever thought just popped into your head, think even bigger than that. Today, I'm not talking about little goals, little accomplishments, little steps to take to move forward. I'm talking about you becoming the GOAT, the greatest of all time. And if you suddenly feel like this doesn't apply to you, I'm just going to tell you, you're wrong. For too long, we've listened to the excuse that we can't achieve greatness, that that's for somebody else. And so then we think, so why even pursue that? Well, I'm not as young as I used to be. My body can't handle that kind of training anymore. My season has already passed. If I was going to do that, that was something that would have had to have happened long ago in my lifetime. Well, I'm sure there's some truth to that. But how do you know what you can still do unless you still try? Don't let your list of reasons turn into excuses that keep you from chasing big dreams. If other people have achieved greatness, why can't you? Don't answer that literally. Don't start listing your excuses, but use it as a rhetorical question to build yourself up. Why can't you start that business or that ministry now? Why can't your greatest athletic achievements still be ahead of you? Why can't you change the legacy that you'll leave behind? With the right attitude, you can. You can reach greatness. And if you keep going, you could even be the greatest of all time in whatever it is that you're pursuing. So don't laugh it off. You never know what you're capable of when you keep growing. 
You know, it makes us scared to try something that we aren't sure that we can do. We want confidence that we can do something before we commit to trying it. And we for sure want that confidence before we tell anyone about it. But what we're really saying is that we all want to be able to comfortably reach our goals. But what goal is worth pursuing if it doesn't scare you a little bit? Why settle for something you can achieve on your own when there's supernatural power available for you? And so to start, I want to share a scripture with you to hopefully inspire you. 2 Peter 1.3 says, His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. And this verse tells us that we already have everything that we need to thrive in this life and in living a life pleasing to God. It's not a matter of waiting on God to do something else because He's already done everything that needed to be done. Now it's up to us to take that and to put it into practice. That means you have what it takes. Greatness is already inside of you. The potential is there if you're willing to apply your effort to what God has given you. And I get it. There's some areas that are impossible for you to be the greatest in. Some records only happen because of a certain set of circumstances that can't be replicated again. It was a -a once-in-a-lifetime event that just so happened to be documented. Some records seem to be tailor-made for a specific person in a specific set of circumstances. But if that's the case, then why even try to pursue greatness in something that we know we'll never be the best at? Well, the reason is that even if we never end up being the best, there's still much to be gained as we pursue those dreams. So let me show you what I mean. 1 Peter 1, 15-16 says, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. So look at what this verse says. It's telling us that our standard of holiness should be how God is holy. Well, how holy is God? Well, he's never made a mistake. He's never had an impure thought. He's never had a wrong action, never said a wrong word. He is perfect, absolutely perfect in every way. And that is the standard we are supposed to live up to. Does that sound impossible? Well, it is. But there's a lesson for us in this, and that's that there is still great value in pursuing unreachable goals. How? Well, watch what happens when we work towards those goals. So if your goal is to pursue absolute perfection in regard to holiness, then you never stop looking for ways to improve. You'll constantly be searching for ways to avoid or to overcome temptation. You'll be willing to put guardrails in place to help you stay on the right track. You'll spend time around other people that are living holy lives with integrity. Now, will you ever reach that goal of being perfect like God is perfect? Well, no, not until you get to heaven. But look at what you will have accomplished. You will have lived a life where you relentlessly made progress in improving your reputation and your ability to witness by example. You will have lived with integrity and had far fewer regrets than someone that lived recklessly. And you're leaving behind a great legacy for your children and people following your example. No, you weren't absolutely perfect, but you'd be a lot better than if you had a lower target. We see people apply these principles to many other areas as well. There are lots of runners that still run consistently, and they train hard knowing that they'll never be elite. They truly give their best effort, but there are things that are out of control that limit their achievements. 
So why would they keep training and running? Well, I found that out with my own experiences. Shortly after getting into running, I started to take notice of what different times and paces felt like. So for me, I knew that holding an eight-minute something pace was difficult for me to sustain for a while, and anything under that felt like an all-out sprint. And then I heard about marathons. I'd been spending my time doing 5Ks at the most, so the distance alone that these athletes were able to run without stopping blew me away. But then I heard what pace top marathoners were able to hold for that distance. And they're running just over four and a half minute miles for over 26 miles. That's just over a 14 minute 5K eight times in a row. Obviously, those are impressive feats that everyone can't do. I know that I could never do that myself, but it did get my attention. So I began to research what those top athletes did to train for such impressive times. I learned that they have seasons through the year of preparing for specific races where they work extremely hard, but they also have seasons of rest. They have specific types of runs for different days of the week. Some runs work on increasing speed and their shorter distances, and other runs are for building or maintaining endurance. These athletes focus on high-quality nutrition, even though they have to eat a lot for the amount of training they're doing. They also highly prioritize rest, getting plenty of quality sleep each night, and usually through taking naps during the day as well. So that's their life, and it's all-encompassing. But that's what it takes for them to be the best in the world. So even though I know that I can't perform at that level, I do want to be better and faster as a runner, so I still learn from their training. So I started having different types of runs during my week. Some were shorter runs to focus on speed, and other were longer runs to build endurance. I started looking at what I ate to make sure I was getting in nutritious food that would help fuel my workouts. I started going to bed earlier so that I would have enough quality sleep. And you know what? I got better. I got a lot better. Now, I still haven't ever felt what sub-five-minute pace feels like, but I'm slowly getting faster. I know that I'll never be able to run a 14-minute 5K like they can over and over again, but if I keep following their example, I might finally be able to run a sub-20-minute 5K like I've wanted to do for a while. I'm realistic enough to know that I'll never be the best in the world at the marathon, but that doesn't keep me from trying to get there because the improvements along the way make it worth trying for. And that brings me to my next point. If you truly want to be the greatest at something, then you may need to get more specific with your goals. We see this over and over again in the Guinness Book of World Records. And this is literally the record book for all kinds of records. But all it takes is a glance through the book to realize that many records that are set are because of the specific conditions they put on that record. So just for fun, I looked up some of the weirdest records set last year. So here's a few of them. One record is the most magic tricks performed underwater in three minutes. So this was set by a 13-year-old girl who did 38 magic tricks while submerged in three minutes. That impressive? Yeah, but it's also incredibly specific. I mean, who holds the record for the most magic tricks in one minute? Or five minutes? Or six and a half minutes? It's incredibly specific. Another one. A German restaurant gathered 465 couples to claim the record of most people 
eating a single piece of spaghetti simultaneously. And so, of course, each couple ate their own single strain of spaghetti and then ended with an Italian kiss, which was made popular in the Lady and the Tramp movie scene. It's one of those records, technically anybody could go out and set that if you had enough friends or gathered a big enough crowd, but they did it because it was incredibly specific. Another record, a man who already has over 100 records in the record book, set another record for being the fastest person to assemble a Mr. Potato Head blindfolded. (laughs) Now, there's millions of toys that could have been assembled in record time, but this one specifically is only for a Mr. Potato Head. Here's another one. A bird named Chico set a record for the fastest parrot to ride a scooter five meters. Let me just tell you, no matter how hard you worked or how much you practiced, you just aren't going to be able to personally beat that record. Why? Because it's incredibly specific and you just aren't a bird. (laughs) For another funny example of what I'm talking about, there's an episode from the show Friends that perfectly illustrates this in a hilarious way. Side note, another real life thing. Uh, Prepare yourself if you are a Matthew Perry or Chandler fan because I'm going to talk about him. but in a positive and funny way. So for this scene in particular, uh, Monica and Chandler, two characters from the show, they had been dating and Monica gave Chandler a back massage. So you just have to know that Monica is extremely competitive in everything. So she was heartbroken when Chandler told her that she gave terrible massages. But because he knew her so well, he framed it in a way that she could benefit from. So he told her that she gives the best worst massages. And when he sees that title start to cheer her up, he says, if there was an award for the best bad massage, who would get that? Oh, it would be you. (laughs) And reframing it like that fixed everything for her. Now, I'm not saying that you should reframe and celebrate your weaknesses in that way. After all, in real life, no one wants to say they're the best at being bad at something. But You have the freedom to get as specific as you want to with your goal. Your aim is still to be the very best at it, so you still have a high goal, but you can shrink it down to something that you can be laser-focused on. For instance, what is in your reach is becoming the best parent your kids have ever seen. And it's a very worthwhile goal to work every day to be the best mom or the best dad that you can be for them. So go the extra mile showing your kids how much they mean to you and how much you love them. Yes, it's specific, but it's worth working towards. You can be the best spouse for your partner. You can make them feel more loved than any other person ever has. You can show them how valuable they are to you every day. It's totally within your power to treat them with respect and patience and compassion and gentleness. Another goal that you should absolutely be pursuing is becoming the best version of yourself. Whatever potential there is inside of you, never stop working to see it realized. Physically, keep working to achieve health as much as you can. That will give you the greatest odds of living a long life and will enable you to do more to serve God and to serve others. Spiritually, keep working to become more like Christ and to make the greatest eternal impact you possibly can. Mentally, work to keep your mind sharp and focused so that you can lead yourself and others well. You only have one shot at this life. You might as well make the most of it. 
So in what area can you work to be the best at? Don't be afraid to shrink it down or be as specific as you need to. But also, don't limit yourself to small goals. So let me just tell you one of my biggest pet peeves. It's when the church and followers of Christ fall behind the rest of the world. So if you look back through just recent history, the church seems to be trying to play catch up to trends that we see in culture and entertainment. So many elements of our worship services are just spinoffs of what you see in concerts where people are the center of attention. We try to mimic their use of technology with lights and lasers and fog and screens. Now, personally, I'm not against any of those things. In fact, I prefer worship scenes that are more dimly lit, and I appreciate when technology is used in a proper and professional way. But what I'm not a fan of is the church trying so hard to blend in or to catch up with the rest of the world. Now, why is that? Because our primary mission is to follow Jesus, not the entertainment industry. Following Jesus leads us to the right destination that glorifies God. Following the world leads us to an end result that glorifies ourselves. One builds up God's kingdom, the other attempts to build our own. But the main reason I'm against the church following culture is because we should be leading the way. The verse that I read earlier told us that we already have everything we need that is required for life and godliness. We have the power of our creative God living inside of us. It's literally the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. So why do we settle for trying to use that power to follow trends when we should be the ones creating things that capture the attention of the rest of the world? Instead of trend followers, we should be the trendsetters. Instead of imitators, we should be innovators. Why strive for replication when we have the power of creation within us? Greatness should flow from the church. Not only are we empowered by God Almighty, but we're working for His mission. The call to share the gospel with all of creation is worth our best work. All other pursuits result in temporary gain, but living out the Great Commission results in eternal investments. Now this would be a great place to say, and that is how you live for eternity. But (laughs) I'm not done yet this time. Not only should the church lead the way, but I believe that any individual follower of Christ should also stand out. I firmly believe that we should set the example in everything we do. If you've given your life to the Lord, I believe that you should be the most honest, hardest working employee at your job. Your boss and your coworkers should be able to tell that there's something that sets you apart from those that don't know Christ. If you're on a sports team, no one should be outworking you. I get that other people may be more talented than you naturally, but you should have the best attitude and put forth the best effort. In school, try your hardest to excel academically so that others will take note of your hard work. Even when it comes to your hobbies, work as though you're working for the Lord, which is what we're commanded to do in Colossians 3, 23-24. Paul writes, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you're serving. So one more point about being the greatest. If we're going to be the greatest, we have to learn from the greatest there ever was. He played the game of life and won the highest score possible, 
and it'll never be beaten. He's the only one that ever made perfect decisions 100% of the time. His words are still changing people today because they're full of timeless truths. Yes, I'm talking about Jesus, if you didn't pick up on that. So what did Jesus say about being the greatest? His answer may shock you, but it's good news because it's something that we still can all do. Jesus said in Matthew 20, 26-28, But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. you got to understand, Jesus was God in the flesh. He was with God and was God in the beginning, when everything was created. He is all-powerful, and he is the only one truly deserving of worship. The one who angels bow before day and night and never stop singing his praises. And yet, he came to serve. Now, if Jesus didn't use his position and authority to make a name for himself, then why do we think we should? Jesus taught us, and he lived out, that the greatest thing that we can do is to serve each other. No one served in a greater way than Jesus. And now we recognize him as the greatest who ever walked on the planet because of that. Paul learned this and writes more about it in Romans 12.10. says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor, which ironically was also the uh, Bible app, the U version uh, verse of the day. Whenever I opened the app this morning, uh, just crazy how that all works out. But he said, Outdo one another in showing honor. And you know, the funny thing is, Paul writes often about competition. He speaks of running to win the race and about training our bodies. But whenever it comes to serving, He tells us to outdo one another in showing honor. So if you're going to be the best at anything, be the best at elevating others above yourself. You might not end up with your name in a record book after that, but that is how you change the lives of people around you. There seems to be some conflict between how this episode started and how it's ending. Do we want to be great or do we want others to be great? How do we put it all together when we're in a competition? Do we push for the win ourselves, or do we stop and let someone else win and get the glory? Well, the answer is to focus on internal outcomes more than external outcomes. So if your life is all about winning competitions, that's fully external. And there's large parts of that equation that are out of your control. Someone else may just be naturally better than you. They say, it's not about the size of the dog in the fight, but the fight in the dog. Well, there's truth to that in some situations, but statistically speaking, the bigger dog usually wins the fight in real life. In natural competitions, natural advantages just usually give the upper hand. Now, we can train to increase our natural limits, but there will still always be limits as long as we're on this earth. Being externally outcome-focused will only lead to disappointment. Even if you experience some success for a season, We all know that seasons don't last forever. But whenever you focus on internal outcomes, those are within your control. You can control your attitude and your work ethic and your habits and your definition of success. And when you continually work to make each of those the best they can be through humility and dependence on the Lord, that's how God gets the glory and how others are elevated around you. So don't settle for being mediocre or average. 
because greatness is within your reach. After all, God designed you to be the greatest you the world has ever seen. God thought that role was important enough that he handcrafted every detail about you. This world needs you. God's plan includes you. And that's worth working for to be the best there's ever been. Oh yeah, and that's how you live for eternity. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in today and listening, and I genuinely hope that that did encourage you, um, especially more than last week's episode. Uh, But the reason why I did want to share that today is because I, I genuinely do believe that if we serve the Lord and if we represent the Lord, then we should strive and do our best to experience greatness in every area of our life because we're representing Him and His supernatural power working through us. And I just, my personal opinion, I don't believe that um, if we have that kind of supernatural power working in us, then we shouldn't be okay with just average and mediocre and things that we can easily accomplish on our own. But I believe that God is calling us, calling the church, to stand out, to be separate, to be different from those that don't have the hope and the power that we have inside of us. That we should live our lives in such a way that it gets the attention of unbelievers and leads them to Christ through the way we live our lives. And I believe one of the best ways to get their attention is through excellence in everything that we do. So uh, that's my own opinions. If you disagree with me, uh, hey, we can talk about it. I would love to have a healthy discussion about it. Uh, but also do believe that um, Scripture backs this up, that, that we should um, just be set apart from the rest of the world, um, not according to their standards, but um, just according to God's standards and uh, truly being um, the greatest and pursuing greatness according to God's standards, which, like I just said, was uh, so much about serving and elevating others around us so that uh, God gets the glory and that other people feel loved and valued by being around us. I know that this is a difficult goal, especially uh, when we try to pursue greatness but do it for God's glory. There can be a difficult balance between the two, and it's, it's tricky. I mean, because when you're the one in the spotlight, it's difficult to find a way in the moment to turn that to God and to let Him get the glory for it. And so, uh, before we wrap up this episode, I just want to pray for you that we can pursue these goals um, with God's power so that He gets the glory. God, I thank you today for the opportunities that you've given us. Thank you for this life. Lord, we thank you for um, your creative power. We thank you for the supernatural work that you've done in each of our lives and for the incredible potential that you've placed inside of each of us. Lord, I ask today that you would help each of us uh, that are listening to uh, take these words and to begin to put them into practice. God, to, to take everything that we do up a notch, not so that people will just see us and will honor us, but so that we will represent you in the greatest way that we possibly can at the highest level. God, we want to live our lives in such a way that leads others to you and points to you and your greatness, God. God, help us to do that with humility and through dependence on you. God, let us walk with you, listen for your voice, be obedient to the Holy Spirit um, speaking into our lives and working through us, God, and help us um, at every opportunity 
to give the glory and the credit to you. We realize that without you, we would be lost and hopeless, that we could never accomplish anything great on our own apart from you. But through you, all things are possible. Lord, thank you for this life and for the opportunity to make an eternal impact. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, hey, go out there. Um, Whatever it is that you are pursuing, be the greatest of all time at that. Um, Work hard at it. Put forth your best effort. Be the best you that the world has ever seen. Have a great week. God bless. God bless.